0: Adelaide.
1: Yes, Javier.
0: You know, I thought to myself this morning, wow, what a great week. Well, interesting. I feel really, really good about what I'm doing. I have all of this extra time. I feel amazing. That's good. And then we got some news this morning, didn't we? We did. All right. Why don't you go ahead and start and tell me what you like?
1: All righty. Well, It's kind of a mixed bag. Um, I'm sure everybody heard today that John Moxley has gone into an inpatient treatment facility for alcohol. And so it's kind of what I like this week, uh, uh, but it's an unfortunate event. So I'm happy that he's going to get help for himself. And I'm sad that he has to go get help for himself. And I'm sad that the plans that they had for him in AEW right now are going to have to be changed, obviously. Um... But I'm happy and I like the fact that they said what the situation was. They gave us an announcement. This is where we are. This is what's happening. And then they said, now please respect their privacy. I agree with that. Thank you for letting us know because I think this is something we need out in the open. So it's not such a bad thing when someone goes in for treatment. The more we talk about it, the more regular it is. And and I think that's a good thing. And I also think it's none of our business how he got there. It's none of our business what his rock bottom was, if he got to rock bottom. And if he wants to tell us eventually, that's fine. But it is not anyone else's responsibility to A, look into it, or B, to go over it. It's none of our business. So
0: so in a nutshell, what you liked was that he's talking about it or that people are talking about mental health, even when it comes to addiction.
1: Yes, it's all, it's all in there. It's all a big bag of mental health. Yeah, that's is. why you're
0: saying it's a mixed bag. So yeah. I do understand that, definitely. So I'm going to say that my likes are not much different than yours on this. Okay. I will always appreciate when people discuss the things that are bothering them or making them happy. I'm not saying that we have to get all the details. I'm like you. Yeah. I don't need all of John Moxley's life. Right. I don't need Renee Piquette's life. All right, yeah, they're public figures, but they're not my people. And I don't feel right asking that information from them. However, that information being discussed is a benefit for other people who don't know how to speak about it. Right. It's a philosophy I've had for years. Shared pain is diminished. Shared joy is augmented. When we're sitting here watching AEW, and it is an entertainment show, and it is a wrestling show, when we watch these things, we feel good when the storylines are going well for our guys or going against our guys. Everything about it makes us feel good. Yeah. And when things go bad, someone gets hurt. Ricky Sharks had that neck injury. And now John Moxley has to do a full inpatient cycle with uh, alcohol treatment. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is something we're being told. I don't know. I don't want to know more than how one of the guys that I like is being treated. So yeah, I'm gonna say it again, shared pain is diminished, shared joy is augmented. So I, I'm happy to have someone discuss it and let me hear that they're getting help and that they're moving forward. Any more details than that I feel would be pushy.
1: Yeah, it's not necessary.
0: I agree. I grew up in a way that, and I don't wanna get into my own family, but you just don't talk about certain things. I've adapted that to look, talk about it because it'll make you feel better. But I don't need to keep asking you unless you are volunteering that information,
1: right? So you mean like the ins and outs of it? Yeah.
0: Well, I don't need all of the minutia. I don't need to know if you guys got into a fight or if if you were if you passed out drunk on your couch or if you crashed your car. I don't need to know these things, right? I need to know that you're going to be okay. And if that's going to be okay for you, then that's enough for me.
1: Right. I'm happy in the knowledge that he has um, admitted that there's a problem clearly and that he was of the right mind enough to seek help for his issues. And I hope that if anyone else is going through that, that maybe they take, you know, his example and they learn from it because that's, I mean, he's a public figure and that's, you know why we need to talk about it
0: i agree with you wholeheartedly so what we like is the same this week it's a little bit more rare yeah. but we both like that these things are being discussed in a public forum even though there's a sense of privacy and a sense of respect that's being added to it so i like that both things are happening yes all right this is going to be an interesting dynamite since john moxley was supposed to face orange cassidy
1: He was, so I wonder what they're going to do.
0: Yeah, I wonder who the replacement will be.
1: I wonder if Ten gets it, (laughs) even even though he was, like,
0: destroyed last week. I don't have a problem with that either. What I would really like to see is maybe Pac, because him and Orange Cassidy have a phenomenal run together.
1: Yeah, but Pac has another storyline going on. I don't think that he needs to be in this.
0: Mm. All right, well, I, I see what you're saying, definitely.
1: Yeah, so we'll see. It'll be, it'll be interesting.
0: I think we, we, we do this as fans. And yeah. We just enjoy it for the way that it's going to come through.
1: Do you know what else, Javier?
0: No, what else, Adelaide?
1: We forgot to introduce the show.
0: No, we did not. We didn't? No, because oh. I am Javier Augusto. Uh-huh. With me, as always, is Adelaide Laurie. Hello, everyone. This is We Like What We Like. Welcome. Enough with the preamble. We'll see you guys after the first match. First match, Kenny Omega, Allen, Five Angels. Yeah. you know, they want to keep it in, in in quotations, just the five. I think his last name should change to Five Angels.
1: <laughs> they should pull
0: a WWE and change his name. It's whatever you want. I think Allen Five Angels is a great last name. And it was a very good first match.
1: Oh, that was fun, technical, good. I, lo- I, I like it a lot.
0: I I liked it too. We got some flippy stuff in there, ah? Uh, we, uh, we
1: did some flippy stuff, yeah.
0: We yeah. getting some uh, got some commentary that you were getting love, so oh, that yeah? means that uh, I think I should be more like you.
1: No, no, there could be only one.
0: <laughs> if anybody understood how nerdy that was, yeah. So <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and start with Kenny Omega comes out to his big pomp and circumstance uh intro. He doesn't come out with Don Callis. Don Callis hasn't been on the show lately. However, he comes out with Michael Nakazawa. It's fine. And he gets from Justin Roberts, he gets the And the favorite son of North Carolina. I just I don't know where I the North Carolina it. thing is. I don't care. It's fantastic. It's funny. It is. It totally works.
1: I, I like how they change it up all the time.
0: Yeah, it, it was it was amazing. It was the best thing really like it. Rick Knox is the referee for this match, which is all you need to know. They're going to wrestle outside of the ring, and there's not going to be a count. There's just not <laughs> going to be a count. It's basically a no-DQ match when Rick Knox is the ref.
1: Interesting. <laughs> I did not put that together.
0: Yeah. Talk to me about what you thought of Alan Angels. I thought he was just spectacular, really wrestling well.
1: Oh, I liked it from beginning to end. Uh, And I legit mean from beginning. The stance he took in the corner of the ring with his, like, uh, what's that? Naruto run where the hands are in the back? The ninja run is actually what it's called. He was in the middle of the like, not the middle. He was in the uh, corner of the ring, holding his hands on the ropes, and one leg was in front, like he was in a starter pose
0: for the ninja run.
1: For the ninja, it was love it. It was awesome.
0: I hadn't noticed that, but you know what? That's actually pretty cool, and the right way to describe that. Alan Angels, in his ninja run pose, comes straight out of the corner the moment the bell rings into a run into a shotgun dropkick, which puts Kenny Omega back in the corner. Then Alan's right on top of him. It was amazing. It was. I. It was. And the commentary is putting over how Alan Angels, 18 months ago, wrestled Kenny Omega and almost beat him. How Kenny Omega didn't know how to handle Alan Angels 18 months ago. And it does look like Allen has got his number it's just he's constantly countering things that kenny's doing kenny had to get even more brutal at the uh in the outside of the ring like i said rick knox is the ref mm-hmm. <laughs> he has to go out to the ring well okay uh, before we get to the outside of the ring is there a, do you have any other good uh moves because i know you saw one
1: Uh-oh. uh yes so there was something because it called a kataro crusher <laughs>
0: Very good. Is that right? But, yes, the Kataru Crusher is uh, Kenny Omega comes over the top. It actually, it's like a Fame Master, right? Sure. You know, Billy Gunn's old move. Sure. Except that instead of landing with his leg in a uh, position behind the opponent's neck, Kenny goes all the way over and holds on to the back of their head and puts their face down in a face plant with his hand. Yes. That's the Kataru Crusher. Yeah, it was cool. It's very cool.
1: And then there was an atomic drop with with five and has like legs crossed.
0: Okay, so here's the thing about JR describing that as an atomic drop. It isn't. It isn't even remotely an atomic drop. <laughs> Kenny Omega picks Alan Angel's up, uh, holding like a suplex, crosses Alan Angel's legs, and then drops him. Neck head first on his knee. It's a neck breaker, not an atomic drop. An atomic drop lands you on your butt. Your head is not your butt. <laughs> no I matter mean, what Jr. thinks.
1: I, you never know with some people. Their head might be their butt.
0: You know what? Yeah, that's pretty accurate.
1: Maybe Jr. knows something about Alan, Five Angels, that we don't. I doubt it. I doubt it too. How are you how do you expect me to learn these names if they don't know their names? So I'm gonna keep calling it what I wanna call it. Just just like JR.
0: Just like Jr.
1: (laughs) I wanna be just like JR.
0: Wow, that's that's something to look forward to.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I wanna be in my seventies calling the wrong names for moves I've seen my entire life. That's awesome.
0: Yep. Wearing a black hat and making your own barbecue.
1: I have a brown hat. Ooh, maybe I should wear my brown hat next time we do this.
0: Yeah, sure. Yeah, bring over your brown hat and wear it. Awesome. And call the moves however you want. There you go. (laughs) Fantastic. Now, again, they go out of the ring and Kenny just gets brutal. But they do get out of the ring by Alan Angel's Low Bridge and Kenny, then Suicide Dive through the bottom rope. It's just great. Really, really good stuff. Even when... Kenny Omega was brutal. What I mean by that is instead of throwing him back in the ring, he throws him chest first into the ring, into the apron.
1: Oh, he did that. Like he did his back to the rails and then right. his front to the apron. And exactly. I think he did that a couple of times.
0: So you see that exactly. No, he did. And you see that buildup of yeah. that sort of brutality. You have to get that brutality because he doesn't want to actually wrestle Alan Angels. He wants to beat him up. Right. And get the pin. Right. And you're seeing that in the narrative. And It gets to the point where the match is so decent. You've got Alan Angels getting cheered by the fans. Let's go, Alan. Let's go, Angels. I'm sorry. He's getting let's go, Angels chants. And then the yay boo spot happens, which is sort of late in the match for the yay boo spot. But Alan, at first, is getting sort of a mixed thing because Kenny Omega is over and the fans are happy to see Kenny Omega. So they're cheering him. But then they get back into it. It's almost like they, they fall out of their fog. And they boo Kenny when they're supposed to. Mm. And they start cheering Alan in his yay spots. I loved it. I love that the audience went from, oh, my God, we're so happy to be here, to, oh, yeah, we're a part of this show, too. Let's do our job.
1: Yeah, that was when um, Kenny Omega and Alan Five Angels were hitting and kicking back and forth. That's what you mean. Yeah. Yep,
0: that's the yay-boo spot. Yep, absolutely. You're right. Right. I should have probably described that better. (laughs) (laughs) And it ends. I mean, Kenny Omega goes for a um, one wing angel. Mm-hmm. Alan Angels uh, reverses that into a roll up. Mm-hmm. Kenny kicks out. He's frustrated. Hits him with a V trigger. Boom! Right in the face. It looks devastating. It looks brutal. But Alan Angels kicks out. Mm-hmm. Then Kenny hits him with a, with a V trigger twice. And then he hits him with another V trigger, that's correct. Just
1: for good measure.
0: Just running V triggers against the ropes and then he pull, and then he pins him and it's over. Alan's not getting up. Amazing. Post match, we did get a little bit of an angle.
1: We did. So Kenny loses his mind, wants a mic and, and thanks Alan Angels for embarrassing him eighteen months ago. But whatever power Kenny giveth, Kenny can taketh away.
0: Because he's the god of pro wrestling. Sure.
1: That's what he said.
0: That's exactly what he said. Uh-huh.
1: So he asked um, Michael Nakazawa. Perfect. Yay. Uh, for a chair. And so he throws a chair into the middle of the ring and then um, Kenny Omega starts to pick up um, five for what, what do you think? A one-winged angel? Is He's that gonna what are going to do? He's going to put
0: him on, gonna gonna on a do? one-winged angel onto the chair. And but, this is not your normal like back slapping chair. This is a full on, it's got a cushion on it. You're going to do some damage. This thing's not going to bend. It's not gimmicked.
1: Right. Um, But before uh, he gets him completely on top of him in the position, uh, music hits and it's Hangman Adam
0: Page, baby. Oops, wrong guy. Yeah, don't 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 change up the gimmicks.
1: No, sorry, don't wrong step guy. step on
0: another man's pop. Cowboy shit. <laughs> <laughs> there was a fun side for that.
1: It was a fun side with the emoji of the poop, the poop emoji with the cowboy hat on. <laughs> I love that.
0: There was cowboy shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: it was actually, you know, it was really, really fun. And then uh, what we got was Hangman Page ran out. Kenny's going to smack Hangman as he's coming up to the apron with the chair. Uh Alan gets up, pulls the chair out of Kenny's hands. Kenny turns around to like yell at Alan Angels and Hangman flips over to do a buckshot lariat. Kenny Omega Ducks gets out of the ring.
1: It yeah, was
0: great. But he left
1: something behind.
0: Oh, yeah, he did.
1: Cowboy hangman adam page sorry i was gonna say cowboy shit hangman adam (laughs) page i don't know what one i was stuck on the emoji i'm sorry (laughs) adam page picks up the mic and says hey uh i think you forgot something in here he's like don't worry about it though the title belts ah he says don't worry i'll leave it right here but i'll be taking it back in 10 days or
0: he says i'm gonna play nice i'm just gonna lay it right here for you you got 10 days Yes, it was very, very it was good. Wild West. I liked it very much. Front
1: to back, great match.
0: Very good. Uh, All together, the whole, the post-match angle, the whole thing was good. And uh, I will say this: there will be that match. <laughs> man, I almost pulled a cowboy light. I said there. I almost said there will be blood <laughs> because there will in that match. I still think Kenny wins, but we're going to let that go. We'll talk about that when we do full gear. And we're doing full gear, folks. You heard it here first. We'll see you guys after the next segment.
1: I think Malachi Black is a little upset with Tony Khan.
0: What? Why do you say that, Adelaide? I
1: I also think I missed something.
0: Hold on a second. Why do you think
1: Malachi Black's upset with Tony Khan? Well, because he said he banned him from the ring. I don't remember
0: that. Oh, because of the Andrade match with Cody. Cody.
1: Oh, Yeah, Andrade
0: and Cody, everyone's banned from the ringside except for Andrade and Cody. From what I understand, I believe that I got that right.
1: Okay, so Malachi Black came out and did a short little promo um, talking to Tony Khan, my boy, TK, saying that, how how dare you ban me from the ring? You don't understand what you've done. And you need to pay attention to what's going on because do you want to drop this line? Do you want me to drop this line?
0: The uh, men of power line? Yeah. May I?
1: Please do so.
0: Why is it that men of power think that their decisions matter more than their own self-interest? <laughs> I love that line. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he said that, yeah, you banning me from ringside was a mistake. You haven't accomplished what you think you've accomplished. Because Marcus wasn't the only one who betrayed Caesar. Correct. Now... We're both history buffs, Adelaide and I, and we both enjoy good, clever writing. Indeed. We were both, and I think the majority of fans will be.
1: well, as yes you don't
0: know, well, yeah, because we felt that he was talking about Brutus. yeah, but we thought maybe he said it wrong, or the Dutch guy probably has a little bit better European education than we do. Maybe we missed something, so we looked it up, and guess what What Brutus's first name is? Marcus. Uh,
1: yeah, I was going to say, I'm going to go with Marcus. <laughs> yeah,
0: so we're sitting here going, oh, man, that's deep. Good cut. <laughs> Good. On like. something that anybody would have done. Anybody yeah. could have done a Brutus line. He makes a Brutus line better. I just don't understand how you miss on things like this. This is just great. It's good. And I I don't mean he missed. He did not miss. I mean, anybody who would have thought Malachi Black couldn't deliver these lines and shouldn't have had these lines.
1: Yeah. So then we had a little CM Punk action. He came down for his promo.
0: That wasn't a little CM Punk action.
1: I know. I wanted to lighten it up because he came down pretty serious and it actually touched my heart what he had to say.
0: I'm going to take this one so that you don't get emotional while you're saying it. Oh, I
1: don't mind. Go ahead then. They were chanting CM Punk and he's like, I don't, I don't want, that's not the name I want chanted. Um, There are two men not here tonight, two wrestlers not here tonight, one of them for something very serious. So I want you to chant his name. And then the crowd went crazy and chanted John Moxley, John Moxley. And I just, that was just so nice. It was so, uh, it's exactly what I was talking about. These are things we need to talk about. Because the more we talk about them, the less they're stigmatized. So then he went on to say, you know, that him and John Moxley have had history. They're not close friends, but it's important to see him punk to acknowledge what John Moxley is doing, that he's proud of him, that he asked for help. And it is one of the hardest things to acknowledge that you need help, and it takes a lot of courage to seek out that help and that he acknowledges that. And I thought that was awesome.
0: Yeah, I, I think that he the parallel he drew about taping yourself, taping up injuries and going and helping people out and being the guy that's always there and always working. and But you got to eventually take yourself off the hamster wheel when it gets too hard. And it's something amazing when you can realize and you can ask because it's very scary, but it's also very brave. And I, I thought that was absolutely great.
1: Yeah. And then he, he came back and, and, and gave it a more personal touch when he um, said he wished he to asked for help uh, back in the day. But he thought he was being the tough guy. And he's like, that's not the, the tough guy. The tough guy is the guy who asks for help. And I just thought that was cool.
0: And We then, agree. Yeah. We agree. That was amazing.
1: And then he left, this, <laughs> he left the very real, um, what is it called? A Shoot?
0: Yeah. Well, it was a work, but he he definitely sounded like a shoot. Yeah. It sounded like a shoot.
1: And then um went after Eddie Kingston.
0: <laughs> By the way, proud of you for using the lingo.
1: Thank you. Very I was nice. trying. I you don't know, know if every I did it correctly. I don't,
0: I don't know if I give you the credit you deserve every time you use the lingo, but you used it really, really well there. Thanks. So I wanted to give you that add a girl on that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. No. Um, so his shoot on Eddie Kingston was, or not shoot, I'm sorry, his his promo, uh, promo for Eddie Kingston, I was just so excited to use that word again, <laughs> uh, was no. that he was embarrassed for his behavior the last week, and he hates being interrupted, so he's upset with him, and he wasn't aware that they had beef before, but they have beef now because uh, he wants to see him in St. Louis for a match, and... And there he will accept an apology for, a, you know, daring and the audacity of interrupting CM Punk.
0: I mean, I think you heard that differently than I did, but I thought that it was pretty good.
1: Okay. So I added a few words. I'm an author. I think <laughs> we've established.
0: Speaking of which, I did want to ask you a question about that, but we'll come around to it. Okay. Now, he he did very much say that Eddie Kingston thinks he's somebody and that's why he's not there this evening. And so what he wants to see is who he really is. He says there was a tournament and because John Moxley's not in the tournament, he was happily going to fill in that role but unfortunately he can't because of Eddie Kingston. Right. So he they don't get to see CM Punk versus Orange Cassidy and potentially CM Punk versus Brian Danielson at Full Gear. And the reason for that is Eddie Kingston. They started booing, he tells the fans, "Don't boo me. Boo Eddie." And that, I thought, was... Eddie's turning heel, obviously. I agree with you that Eddie's turning heel. We talked about this on the last episode. Yeah. I think it's good when you get a guy as fantastic on the mic to dump the heel roll on Eddie Kingston, as well as Eddie Kingston picking it up. Because they're both doing the lifting to get Eddie Kingston into the heel roll.
1: Imagine, if you will, a small fire... And then CM Punk comes along and just pours gasoline all over these flames.
0: Well, it would be in a parking lot. Did. It would definitely be in a parking lot because it is Eddie Kingston. So it would not be in the woods anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's great. So after this, I think we're we're good into the next segment now? No, because
1: well, wh- uh, CM Punk, well, they announced it in the beginning, but he got to announce it again. That if it's not him, it's now going to be Miro versus Orange Cassidy. I'm so
0: excited. Oh, that is right. I apologize to anyone. I will never skip over Miro.
1: I can't believe you.
0: <laughs> I, I, I am embarrassed for myself. Miro then drops what I can only consider fire. Hot fire dripped from his mouth as he is setting up the hype promo for the match he's about to have with Orange Cassidy and I'm going to say this I thought Orange Cassidy and John Moxley might have had a match <laughs> this is going to be a slaughter
1: oh man He so his promo starts with him talking to his god and he says he has cursed him he's warned him he's threatened him and he's wait, waited patiently for him and is this him trying to help him now or is he toying with him oh man
0: so he then said, when I look up to the sky and I look up to you in anger, do you look down on me in fear? Whew. Fire. Just amazing.
1: Yeah. You need to prove yourself to me and I don't have to prove myself. Oh, I forgot that.
0: It's all right. It's all right. We, we can paraphrase Miro. It, it uh, was, it's too good for a lot of things. We paraphrase Malachi Black. I can't wait for these two to have a promo battle.
1: I want to do it like all word for word because th- that is some of the most amazing work of promo ever. Miro is amazing.
0: Just oh. run the last line because you know it's how they leave you.
1: Well, I don't remember how it began, but what I what I wrote down really quickly was he he paved the he paved the way My home. My road
0: home is clear. Yes. And it will be paved with the skulls of those that stand in front of me.
1: <laughs> I will be the champion. I will be forgiven. I will be loved. And then you will be
0: forgiven. Speaking to God this way. <laughs> look, the blasphemy on that one is intense. I get it. It's fantastic writing. Not that I would have ever written it. But <laughs> do you know what? It was awesome.
1: But it's his gods and he's his redeemer. So it's. I mean, no, 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 they, no, it's definitely, they have a different type of relationship.
0: This is, uh, that's the point that I was making. Thank you for, for, for you know, because I would have talked in circles until yeah. I got to it. You <laughs> got me there quickly. Yeah. Thank you for that, Adelaide. It's a mythology that he builds with every word, with every match. He builds a mythology, a clear look, giving the fans a clear look at what the mythology of Miro is. And I love that. It's amazing. It is amazing. All right. Well, I'm so excited. I could speak about it all day, but obviously, Miro is going to kill Orange Cassidy. I don't know when that's going to happen, but it'll be soon. And I love Orange you Cassidy. You don't
1: know. You don't know. And that's exciting, too.
0: Oh, my goodness. Wouldn't it be great if Orange Cassidy yes. won? Yes. I'm going to say I would love it if Orange Cassidy won. There. Now, if he wins, I called it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right.
0: So, what was he? Oh, see, oh. Actually, we can't see you, but... Uh, we'll see hear... what's
1: next, and then we'll come back to you.
0: Well, so we're going to see what's next, and you guys will... Yeah, yeah, what you said was much better than what I said. Yeah. What did you say? Say it again.
1: Uh, well, we're going to see what's next, and then we'll come back to you.
0: Oh, I like that. That That's the new tagline. Oh, dear. Well, this was a full segment. It was. <laughs> I don't know. It Does it even count as one? I... <laughs> I feel like the way that we do things is very condensed. But they tried to see if we could do it.
1: <laughs> oh, they testing us. Is oh that, yeah, Tony Khan
0: it? watches, listens to our show, of course and is. he said, "Well, you know I what? You? This uh, this girl Adelaide and this guy Javier, they might be okay. Let's see what they can handle." Well, let's tell you, we can handle it. Young Bucks cutting a promo backstage with Alex Marvez. Talking about how Full Gear is coming up. Adam Cole starts speaking about how last week was a fluke when they lost in that uh, Halloween match. When Christian Cage comes up.
1: Well, Nick also said, we're the tough guys. We're not afraid of, or we're not scared of anything.
0: We're not scared of no one. Right. Sorry.
1: (laughs) And then Christian Cage comes in. He's like, oh.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Which is funny. It was. And Matt Jackson says, look, man, it's three on one. Brand color was there too, by the way. But they still only said it was three on one. This was the Young Bucks and Adam Gold. Uh, you're going to get your ass kicked like the last time when we did it. So calm down.
1: And then behind him.
0: And then right, you see the hand come into frame. Touching uh, Matt Jackson on the shoulder. And it's Luchasaurus. And they walk off. A little like scared kids. And then immediately turn around and start brawling with him. That goes out to the stage area and to the fan area. So it's great. Christian Cage, I, I'm annoyed that the camera was in the wrong position to see Christian Cage get sort of thrown off the stage. Yeah. That was annoying because I didn't hear it. I didn't see it. I just heard the commentary say that it happened. Then they, it was a good brawl. I won't go play by play on this. There's too much stuff to cover.
1: It was a lot.
0: But there was a lot. Uh, they broke away. I started beating up uh, Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, runs off the stage <laughs> onto the ringside, onto the... Uh, barricade area taking out all of them oh yeah it's all three of them yeah, yeah he takes out all three of them matt, uh, matt jackson and nick jackson and adam cole luchasaurus and jungle boy you know start wrecking shop they get up on the stage area again everybody they get uh luchasaurus beat down then christian cage comes back christian cage starts to put matt jackson in the uh kill switch the unprettier if you ask me because it's much better as an unprettier yeah and then uh nick, nick comes Jack- up behind yeah, and
1: stops him with a super kick.
0: Very nice. Absolutely true. Next thing you know, you've got
1: Adam Cole comes crawling out of the tunnel,
0: right? Which we don't understand why he's crawling out of right, the tunnel. We're
1: like, what? Like that's a rat coming from nowhere, <laughs> running across, going somewhere else. And you're like, what the? Yeah. And then you see the like, you know, the Razorback chasing. A, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, there's something scarier behind.
0: Luchasaurus uh, is manhandling uh, Nick and Matt. He pushes Matt away. Out of nowhere, you get Jungle Boy doing a hurricane rana to Matt down the ramp. It's a very, very fun set of spots.
1: Right. I don't even
0: remember how this ends or how they get pulled around.
1: No, no, no. Christian comes out with two chairs.
0: Oh my goodness. So it's
1: only Adam Cole left up on the ramp.
0: I forgot about and this. And Matt Jackson and, I, I think and I Nick Jackson. I blocked it out. I blocked it out. <laughs>
1: yeah so he puts um adam christian puts adam cole's head uh, or chair underneath the head and uses the second chair and and hits him over the head with it yeah what was
0: called a one-man concerto in wwe but i I don't know if that's trademarked or not so i don't know if you're allowed to say it at AEW, but it was a one-man concerto i know it's a pretty safe move except for like the potential hearing loss from hearing metal on metal clang (laughs) but dear god does it look brutal
1: so, Luchasaurus, Christian Cage, and Jungle Boy are standing tall over Adam Cole, who does the occasional twitch yeah. from the yeah. ch- the chair hit. So it was it was a good little it was, it was busy, but it was good.
0: Very busy. In fact, we barely covered half of the things <laughs> that happened.
1: That's all right. This was followed up by a I would have to say a face promo. Because it was Ruby Soho talking about facing Chris Statlander in the next in the tournament, and Correct. they're both faces, so it's like Ruby showing respect to Chris Statlander. And then Chris had a really cool um, one-liner that I know you enjoyed.
0: I did, because Chris Statlander's doing that whole "I am the alien" thing, and you know, sort of the, there's sort of this popular uh, TV trope where you say, "Take me to your leader." Well, <laughs> she said, "I'm already your leader." She said,
1: I don't need a belt to prove
0: it. I don't need a belt to prove because it. Because it.
1: it's a face promo. So they, I mean, they kept the yeah. good guy. That It was a really good face promo.
0: In fact, Chris Tantlander at the very beginning of the promo says, I've known Chris, uh, Ruby Soho longer than she's known me. Right which I think is a very interesting thing. I I hope that they expound on that a little bit more because I really appreciate that. I know that it's a double entendre. I know that they're saying it's like sort of like she's been observing her from space.
1: Oh, see, I didn't get that. I thought it was a respect thing. And
0: again, that's a double entendre. She is saying, I have respected her for a long time. But the whole alien thing, it's like I've been watching her from space. So I do appreciate what they're doing there, but Statlander is selling. A, her promos are better. Yes. She sounded confident. I understand yes. that this is a sit-down promo, so this is video recorded, so there's a little bit more uh, scripting. However, was- she sounded natural and sounded great as well. As, well, Ruby Zoho has all the experience in that already. They both sounded amazing. I cannot wait for this match. It's one already one of the hyped. the
1: best face promos I've seen in a long time.
0: Not to mention, the entire TBS tournament matches so far yeah. have been good. Yes. So now I want to see it. Yeah. All right. Next. So
1: here I'm going to apologize. I am about to prove to all of you who listen that I honestly love the storylines, but I am horrible at names and horrible at names of moves. I'm going to say that. And I'm going to prove to Javier that he lied to you in the beginning of the segment because my notes are all over the place. I have no idea what happened. It's at the AAA or the AAA Match between Aristar and Samurai del Sol, who used to be Kalisto.
0: Correct. In Lucha okay. House Party.
1: Um, versus FTR and Tully Blanchard. So <laughs> it was amazing. It, it was, a very was good so match. amazing. It, it was, was so many moves I've never seen before. I'll, uh, it was, I, I, I can't, my brain.
0: I will go bad. ahead and I'm going to try and condense this as much as possible, but I will say the following. One, how you miss, and this I, this is like my theme this month, how do you miss on Samurai Del Sol? How do you miss on Kalisto? Yeah. This guy was a ball of energy. He is talented, tall enough for a lucha guy. He is, I mean, he's amazing. He had some, he did a splits in the middle of the ring as a distraction. It hurt me. Honestly, I wouldn't have even known that he could do it.
1: It's a middle split. It's not like a normal split. It's a middle split.
0: It's a straddle. Yes. That is and rough.
1: All, all you girls out there, you know what I'm talking about.
0: That is it. That's that that was a painful one. That's, that was a rough one. But you know what? He drops in like two seconds. It takes like nothing out of him. <laughs> Straight up cheerleader. Like, what's up? Gymnast. Now, it might be that, it, that Aerostar missed his spot, but that could be because Aerostar hurt his leg something Fears. I'm sorry, but I believe that Aerostar was trying to commit suicide by ring move.
1: No, <laughs> I think he was trying to earn himself a spot.
0: I'm, I'm telling you right now, Aerostar about killed himself twice.
1: I don't know who came into the ring in the beginning. I know. I don't. I don't know who was uh, first. Samurai
0: Del Sol came in first. He was the first one to start okay, the match. So
1: Aerostar came in and did like the flippy thing of all flippy things.
0: Yeah, he's the one that did he the flipped multiple all the way
1: around him in a circle in and the all ring, all the way
0: around Dax.
1: Ah. <sighs> It was so cool.
0: It was. But here's where I'm saying it. There were two moves that Aerostar did. One, um, uh, FTR is outside of the ring and Callisto, I'm sorry, (laughs) Samurai Del Sol comes. Yes? I forgot something. Go, go, go.
1: Was it Samurai Del Sol then who walked on his hands? Yes. Yes. That was so cool.
0: Again, how do you miss on this guy?
1: It was so cool. I,
0: that's exactly what I was saying. It's exactly what I was saying. Good Lucha. And I grew up with Lucha. So, like, this is stuff that I've seen. And not the walking on hand stuff. Don't get me wrong. But this a, a transitioning from a, a stiff move to a technical move to a jumping move to a submission. This is something I have seen so much. And I love it. it I really appreciate that.
1: He, he He took, like, quote, unquote, steps with his hands. Like, four or five steps towards that. And wrapped no, George Cash. It was cash. George Cash. And wrapped his ankles around his neck and then did some like scissor kicky head thingy. He did a
0: Tiaris and pulled him. To the, it's a spinning head. Whatever. It's just a spinning they head.
1: They know what I'm was, talking about. Okay. <laughs> it was awesome. It was nice. It was very nice. <laughs> okay, keep going. I'm sorry uh, no, I interrupted the Aerostar you. tries
0: to kill himself because, you know, um, Samurai Del Sol jumps over the – Look, he does a springboard, but instead of stepping on the top rope, what he does is he pulls himself – over the top rope. It looks like he's about to jump up on the top rope to jump out. He jumps over the top rope. And I guess it was a straddle. So we didn't even notice that he did that first. Yeah. And he straddles. Brings his legs together on the second rope on the outside of the ring. Which was awesome. Was- I have not seen that before. I loved that it. it was smooth. It was brilliant. Aerostar. Not to be outdone. Says, hold my beer. And <laughs> runs against the ropes. Comes back and is doing just a regular old somersault out of the ring. He jumps over and does it and goes almost straight up and down and lands, because he's talented and knows what he's doing, lands on his shoulder. But realistically, other wrestlers would have died with that move. Yeah. So it's later after that that he's on the top turnbuckle and I thought he was going to do a moonsault into the ring because Cash is on his back. Well, no. He takes two steps towards the, the post and... Flips over into another somersault onto cat onto Dax. He hits Dax this time and hits him flush, and it's a good move. Dax is in proper position, but he's over. He's over launched himself, and his leg hits the barricade. And I see his leg hit the barricade. I know his leg hit the barricade. And then when Dax and him are rolling, I see him grab his leg, and I think, oh man, he gave himself a sting. Nope. He's limping for the rest of the match. All the moves are slower. Everything is just off balance for the yeah. rest of the match. Aerostar tried to end himself in this match. It was
1: that move and the picture-in-picture picture that I just could not pay attention. I was just watching just to make sure that I tried to see everything, and like, I I just
0: oh, they and they did some really good moves. You had uh, you had. Uh, I mean, I guess it didn't help Aerostar's leg at all that he's. Hanging in a tree of woe in the corner. Yes, and it's just it was a it was a the fact that the match went all the way through. Yeah, that's a testament to how talented and how tough right. the lucha guys are. It was rough there for a bit. The moves were still beautiful. Like, it was still a very well wrestled match.
1: I know. I always say when Miro's on and he does a promo to like, hey if you just are watching wrestling or if you're just getting into wrestling and you're listening to us, the only thing you need to do is just watch the mirror promos. This time it's not true. The mirror promo plus, I'm I'm giving you extra homework. You have to watch it. We cannot possibly explain to you. No, we cannot. In words, what we saw on television, you need to watch it for yourself. You will do yourself a disservice if you don't. Not because it's the most amazing match ever, because it's not, but it is... It is entertaining. It's amazing. It's feats that I, I can't even do the splits, never mind the middle splits. So
0: It is a the type of match that says to you the basics of different styles. The southern uh, strong style, which is very old school, 80s, and that is FTR all right. day, every day. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Lucha at a very high level, but it doesn't look out of reach. You're watching it. You're appreciating it because every move reads. It's This lucha allows you to read every move. You know what the moves are. Yes, they look amazing, but you know what every move is. Every move is hit when it's supposed to be hit. It's a great match. Really, really do yourself a service. Watch this match or watch one of the other really good lucha matches that have happened on AEW.
1: Right. It ends with um, my newly coined move. It's the roly-poly roll-up.
0: Couple of exchanges of roll-ups, countering one into another. Right. And it ends with Cash holding onto the ropes. Cheating. While holding, while having countered into a roll-up.
1: Right. So, is the roly-poly roll-up?
0: I think it's honestly because Tony Khan listens to our show, and he went, "Oh, hey, you guys, do a roly-poly roll-up."
1: <laughs> I wish that would be awesome. <laughs> All
0: right, I, I believe that that was that. That wasn't the last one, was it?
1: Oh uh, yeah, well no, because then it we had a, a small promo. Um, they were congratulating Sheeta on her fifty wins.
0: Correct, because she um, did beat Serena Deeb last week.
1: Right, and she got inter or they got interrupted by uh, Vicky Guerrero and, and Nyla Rose, who probably the best promo Nyla has done that I've seen.
0: Correct. No, we agree. We agree. It, it was, Vicky it, Guerrero didn't even speak until the end of the promo. It
1: was fake mean girl, but she was it. It was good.
0: It was really good. And Sheeta was limping, visibly limping, yeah, yeah, backing yeah. away from Nala Rose, a person that she has beaten. So I very much appreciate what might be the narrative that might be being told here. And that is that Sheeta won't win, but it's because she's hurt. Right. So I like that very much. That's good. All right. Well, we're going to check we're, out what's next. We're going to see what's next. We're going to see what's next. And then we'll, uh,
1: we'll, get, back we'll get back to you guys.
0: We'll get back to you guys. <laughs> Hey guys, we checked it out. We and did. now we're back to tell you how it went.
1: Just like that.
0: Just like that. Amazing. Now, this started out at lead with uh, one of your absolute favorites, you know, Rock God.
1: Yes, Judas Singer. And he
0: has like seven studio albums, but let's, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Judas is the song that has made him famous again. And he comes out, Jericho and the whole inner circle come out. That's Santana Ortiz and Jake Hager. And the TNT champion, Sammy Guevara, the Spanish god. Yeah.
1: That's one of I... the
0: pillars of AEW.
1: Uh, yeah. I don't know why you're doing so much exposition, man. We got, this one was a long one.
0: Well, I just wanted to be able to put him over so that people stop saying that I hate him. I don't hate him. I just don't like him as a baby face. Okay. All right, moving on. So they come out to, you know, let everybody know, hey, because Sammy won last week and he beat Ethan Page, we as the inner circle get to pick the three members of America's top team that get to be in that 10 man Minneapolis street fight at Full Gear. Yes. Now, Dan Lambert, and I'm going to go ahead and give you the foreshadowing and then you don't need me to explain anymore, says, you guys may think of me and you make all your jokes, but the reality is I made this team. I went to Miami and I made this team 25 years ago. I made it into the best gym in MMA. I am America's top team. Actually, it's American top team. I am American top team number one guy. Because of me, we have this gym. Right. And Jericho smiles and says, okay, but you're still kind of a fat-faced dipshit. (laughs) Jake Hager gets to call out the first person. He calls out. Junior Mm -hmm. Dos Santos. He says, you look like Popeye, and we're going to beat you up.
1: By the way, Dan Lambert is surrounded by these members of American Top Team.
0: Thank you so much. I totally skipped on that. You did. Please go ahead and give us- (laughs) You gave us
1: everyone for the inner circle when you were like, Dan Lambert, you know, and and the other people behind
0: him, whoever they were. The men of the year. There. The men of the year were there.
1: (laughs) Junior Dos Santos was there. Andre Oloski was there. Hercules Dalton Hosta. And uh, Austin Vanderford- and then the chickie who I didn't bother to write down because I knew she wasn't going to be in the match.
0: Paige Van Zandt.
1: Yeah, Paige. And her husband. Eyeball guy.
0: Austin Vanderford.
1: Oh, I did say him. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry.
0: Yes, neck neck tattoo.
1: Neck tattoo. <laughs> eyeball neck tattoo. That's what I said.
0: You did say that. You did. You were very clear. You were very <laughs> Anyways.
1: <laughs> clear. Anyways. So, yes. Jake Hager calls out um, Junior Dos Santos. Correct. That's the first person. With... Men of the Year. So Scorpio Sky and Ethan, Ethan Page, yes, yes, are in the match already. Yes. So they get to call it three. The second person was called out by Ortiz?
0: By Santana. Santana. Santana says, Arlovsky, everybody talks about how tough he is, how great you are. You call yourself the pit bull. And I hope it's not just because you put the mouth guard in with all those sharp teeth crap in it. Because you had rules and regulations to protect you. And what are you going to do? When you don't have any rules and you don't have any regulations to protect you, what are you going to do against that? Andre Arlovsky grins and they continue. Then afterwards, Paige Ant's says how
1: she can take all of them she on. She could
0: take them all on. And Jericho responds So, wait, you want to take all five of us on at the same time? I that mean,
1: joke just writes itself.
0: His exact words. <laughs> <laughs> which I'm with him. The, that joke writes himself. Like, honestly, if you're cutting a promo, be careful how you cut that promo. <laughs> and then Ortiz comes out and says in Spanish, a con tu boca? which direct translation is, you kiss your mom with that mouth. Which,
1: by the way, I want everyone to know. I understood him. Yay me.
0: <laughs> yes, Adelaide did. She was amazing. Yeah. And then uh, she's like, oh, yeah? What'd what do he say? What did he say? What did he say is what Paige VanZant says. Sammy Guevara, who notoriously does not speak Spanish, says, "He says you're a bitch." <laughs> That's it. And then Jericho says, "Well, I already know who we're going to call out, and we could call out Paige VanZant, whatever, or uh,
1: her kitty husband, our, her
0: kitty-whipped husband, yeah, Vanderford, or." You know, the other guy, speaking about Dalton Hosta or Rasta. I don't know if it's Rasta or Hosta. I don't know if he's Brazilian or not. But I'm going to say Hosta because it just makes sense. And then he says, but I know who I want. I want the number one American top team guy, Dan Lambert. Yup. And Dan Lambert says, I never said that. I never I said that. Said that. I, I never said that. I never said that. <laughs> never said that. You check the tape.
1: <laughs> and he freaks out, which freaks is entertaining. Out, and he
0: And then he says, and then Jericho says to the crowd... If you want to see Dan Lambert in this match, just say fat face shit," And then they did. And Dan Lambert said, my face isn't that fat. Yeah, that was funny. That's <laughs> good. It's
1: actually good. It's this very one, this good. This one was good.
0: And, and, and Jericho does seem to put in the serious stuff and the aggressive stuff inside of a comedy promo. I'm going to say this street fight, even though I didn't have a lot of high hopes for this build, has turned out to be a decent build. I still don't have a lot of faith that the match will come off. We're going to have to see how this goes. But the next thing that happened was...
1: Tony Schiavone was standing with uh, Matt Seidel and Lee Moriarty.
0: You're going to remember that name in a year. That's going to be the name you're going to say a lot. Lee Moriarty.
1: And Dante Martin and with Leo Rush.
0: Of course. Now, uh, Matt Seidel congratulates Dante Martin on beating him. He says everything that I've ever seen in you came to fruition last week. If you want to train with Leo and you don't want to train with me, that's fine. I have plenty of guys that want to train with me, just like Lee Moriarty. Let me go ahead and say, Lee Moriarty, and I know it's kayfabe, but Lee Moriarty doesn't need anybody to train with. He's already elite, in my opinion. If you have not done any research and you're not a wrestling fan of the indies, Lee Moriarty is on a level with your Daniel Garcias, Zack Sabre Jr.'s, but for people that want something a little bit more popular or a name you might know a little bit better, Brian Danielson, CM Punk, he is a technical wrestler on that level. He is amazing. Wait till he gets on TV. He's going to show a lot of people a lot of things.
1: So they Leo, set up a tag team match.
0: Yes. And Leo Rush did say, you know, we're happy to have, uh, you know, I know who Lee Moriarty is. Very talented wrestler. I've seen him. Yes, they've had, each, they've had matches against each other in the Indies. They're going to have a really good match. I am actually looking forward to it. All you had to do was say Lee Moriarty and I was in for this match. Yeah. Then he said, well, you're going to know you're in for the highest flight. And I think that's Leo sort of jumping in and trying to glom onto to uh, Dante Martin's uh, gimmick, which is good. It's good. Eh. Now, what happened after that?
1: Oh, uh, we had Jamie Hayter, who was with Rebel and Dr. Br- uh, Britt Baker. DMD. DMD. Yeah.
0: I had to um, mark it for you because you, you couldn't mark it. You start talking. <laughs>
1: Sorry. And uh, she was facing Anna Jay, who came down by herself. Got what it. Mean?
0: Now we know that she's an idiot babyface. That's that settled that.
1: So they were wrestling part of the tournament uh, matches to get to the women's TBS. It's for the
0: TBS single-around yeah. elimination one. Correct. This is a first-round matchup because neither Jamie Hayter nor Anna Jay have buys. Because, well, one, Anna Jay just came back two months ago. And Jamie Hayter's only been here for about three months. Yeah. So they don't get a buy in the first round of the tournament, which means they face off against each other. It's a good back and forth match. Anna Jay has been selling much better since she's been back. She did a very good job. She had her shoulder taped in athletic tape, which made it look like that was sore or hurting. I don't know that that's the case. I honestly think it might have been like, okay, come after this shoulder because we're ready she here. She always
1: has the tape.
0: Lately, she's been having the tape a lot.
1: Since she's been back.
0: I think it's been really, really good work. I think that she's fine. I think it was really, really good effort on both ladies' parts. I think Jamie Hader, with the level of experience she has, I think she has like five years' experience. She has a lot more experience than Anna J. She looked it because she was the, She had most of the match. She took about 75% of the match. Yeah. But Anna J. Is doing considerably better. I did not think, not at one point did I think, why is Anna Jay in this match? She's had matches when she first started out where I was like, oh, I don't think we're here yet. But this was not that case. She's come a long way. She looks great.
1: Yes, yeah, she sold very well. There was a lot of back and forth between both of them, like you said. There wasn't any one move that you were like, oh, wow, did you see that? Or one section where you're like, oh, wow, that was, it was a good match.
0: It was a good match. So in women's match lore, this is a very good women's match. I don't know if if I'd say
1: very good because there wasn't any one particular thing that either one of them did that stood out.
0: I think it was an average match.
1: It was an adequate match. It was good. It moved quick. They were smooth. There was no part where you're like, come on, guys. Like, not the one, two, three, one, two, three action. It was very smooth.
0: It was a very smooth match. It was very good. Very good work. I, honestly, I do believe that both, I mean, Jamie Hayter has a lot of experience. She can call it in the ring, I guess, if she needed to. I don't know that that's true. Right. But she looks like she could. And Anna Jay just looks solid. She looked yeah. like she wasn't, she was not falling down on any part of it. And I do, I guess, I understand why she didn't come out with Ty Conti. Because it allows the fans to just focus on her and what she's doing, not wondering what's going to happen outside of the ring. Well, that's outside a, of what the bad guys were doing.
1: That's what her shtick has always been, though. Don't come out with me. Don't come out with me. I, I need to do this by myself. So that's kind of what she's been selling.
0: Yeah, idiot babyface. Yeah. I agree with you. Which
1: is, you know, the bad thing for me, and I don't care that they help. Because, okay, so at the end of it, it took Rebel and Britt Baker to distract um, Aubrey e- Edwards to for, for Jamie to win. Yes. Which, okay, I get because they're out there and I get using them and that's what they do for Britt Baker. So I get it. But for me, I kind of would have preferred for them not to be part of the match.
0: And Jamie Hayter her to win clean. Yeah, I, agree I know with you. she's
1: a heel. I know this was part of it, but it was such a good match, like a good technical.
0: Because it didn't look like paint by numbers, right? It was a, a smooth flowing match, so you wanted to feel a narrative actually come to an end, right? I agree with you. And
1: then my other issue is once it was over, they started beating up Anna J, which I don't get. You won, like move on. But then,
0: <laughs> come on, they're the bad guys. No, That's I get what the bad it. I get do. it.
1: But it was just it was Anna J prior to this, in Ty County had to come out. And so that's what happened again. So I'm like, <laughs> didn't I just see this before?
0: They're setting up the Ty Conti Britt Baker match. I is understand, but gear. they
1: already did that. And then Ty Conti kind of like, well, she didn't kind of. She
0: knocked them all out. Like she knocked them the all. She, she cleaned cleared the rain. ring. Yep.
1: And then she started concentrating on one of them, and I think it was Britt Baker.
0: She was. It was on Doctor Britt Baker.
1: And then. Um, Jamie Hayter and and Rebel came over and they started to beat on Ty Conti. So then um, Thunder Rosa had to come down because Thunder, it's Thunder Rosa, Rosa the other one they got against, him by. You're right because Thunder Rosa now against Jamie Hayter. Correct. And so I get that you're trying to set all this up, but I'm not sure it needed to happen that way. That's all.
0: I, I get that. I get that. I definitely do. But let's be real. Instead of and, and and I'm not saying that you're putting anybody down or you're bearing anybody on this. No. But honestly, it was just a smooth-flowing match. So in your head, you're thinking, I want to see an end. Well, the reality is two talented wrestlers, we can assume that they're going to continue to have these kinds of matches. So having one end in a BS finish isn't so terrible. It doesn't hurt anyone. I don't. No think one I gets would, hurt by it.
1: I don't think I would have minded the end if I didn't have the follow-up with Ty Conti and Thunderosa coming. Like It, was, it wasn't a paint-by-numbers until that happened. And then it was a paint-by-numbers.
0: It's a little overbooked, but you know what they? It's the way you do it. They're yeah. going to set up a. It's it's a. It's a uh, I'm
1: not complaining.
0: I'm it's now going to be a trio's women's match. Uh next week, Anna Jay, Ty Conti, and Thunder Rosa versus Jamie Hader, Rebel, and uh, Britt Baker. Obviously, right. it's going to be a three lady, a three, a six person tag. Right. And then we had
1: the Jade Cargill promo
0: talking about that bitch show. Yes. And, uh, you know, that was really it. It's, talking actually, about
1: it. <laughs> it's one of the better ones she's done, too. So well she, done. AEW she is deferred. getting
0: considerably better. And honestly, I have no problem repeating the fact that she said it doesn't matter who wins the match between Red Velvet or um, the bunny to get into the next round because then they get me and I'm going to take them. I'm going to beat them up and then I'm going to get that title. I'm going to do it quick, too. And I'm going to take that title. And I'm going to rename it. That bitch show.
1: Right. I still have an idea of how to, to like
0: work. You gotta her. do it. You gotta I'll let me it. know. We'll we'll get it recorded.
1: Okay. And then we went into the MJF promo, which was long, so we're gonna be here for a little bit.
0: The MJF promo. We're gonna sum this up with MJF. He never goes vile. He never goes putrid. But again, this is a very uh, this is a very dicey night for you know substance abuse. So I don't think he wanted to lay down on anything like that.
1: I think it was more of a psychological. Right. He so talked about so how bad a- the
0: audience, he talked about how, how they were all lazy and dumb and all outcasts and nobody was worth anything in the audience. And that's why they cheered Darby Allen because he's an outcast and he's not really great. He's a perfectly proficient wrestler. And then his emotions get the best of him. And he.
1: Yeah. You're weak. I'm strong. Doesn't matter what these people think of me because they all, when they see me, they just see someone that's better than them. Their dad or their brother
0: No, he is there. It's their wealthy, successful boss, brother, step, ex, whatever you want, because that's the way that thing goes. You don't want your ex doing better than you. You hate that your boss does better than you because you think he's an idiot. You don't want your you, you don't want your brother who's smarter or whatever that's more successful than you. And you definitely don't want your stepbrother or mother, to, or stepfather or mother to be better than you, because that's just the way that works. So he sells it on the fact that we don't have to be connected, but you know I'm right there and I'm better than you.
1: Yeah. So that was pretty cool. He ends it with, you're gonna lose because I'm better than you and you know it, which is his catchphrase.
0: Darby Allen comes back to this because he was in the audience has a mic and he says, "Look, Max, I am going to keep my composure. We're going to have a wrestling match at full gear. I'm not going to hit you with my skateboard. I'm not going to ki- I'm not going to be angry because I'm going to get my anger out tonight." And he comes down in the audience from the audience. Uh, MJF's like, "Yeah, you want that? You want that? Well, too bad." And he starts to get out of the ring. Then Sting comes down with a bunch of people wearing paper masks that are Darby Island paper masks. I don't know how many people there were, but there's, I mean, like a couple dozen people. Sure then uh, Sean Spears, I mean, you don't see it, but you hear a chair smack somebody. But Sean Spears got somebody, and Wardlow got somebody else. Wardlow gets mauled. I, I think he's got like seven or eight people on him.
1: Right, but the whole the whole, the whole, whole point of Wardlow and Sean Spears coming out was just to take care of Sting and, and the rest of the Darby army.
0: Right, yeah. So maybe MJF could get away, except that that didn't work out.
1: I don't know if that was their plan, but... The- it, it it took them out of the what we were concentrating on, and it put it more towards MJF and now Darby together, the two of them.
0: Right. MJF did something I didn't expect. He actually jumps the barricade and runs right at Darby Allen. Yes. They start brawling. It looks like MJF's getting the best of it. Yeah. And then Darby, that changed.
1: Yeah, and then Darby pushes MJF into the barricade. MJF is just sitting there dazed. Well, he slammed
0: him a couple times into the barricade. Yeah. And then he tells everybody to get out of his way and he runs right at MJF. The clones lines him over the barricade mm-hmm. and they're both on the mat. He rolls him into the ring. He gets up on the top turnbuckle to, I guess he was going to do the coffin drop. Probably. And MJF has enough sense and enough energy to roll out of the ring and just keep walking. Yeah. I don't know. I thought it was a pretty good brawl. I thought it was a pretty good setup.
1: Sure, it was. So-
0: oh, I apologize. MJF rolled out of the ring to walk away, but he jumps the barricade again and starts going through the crowd to get out yeah. because obviously there's the Darby Allin army over there and, you know, or the Sting army. It's like the Kiss army. Sure. <laughs> I liked it. That's where it all ends, right? Then yeah, we got the that next was segment? It. All right. So we're going to check out what happens next. And
1: we're going to see what happens next. Damn it.
0: We're going to see what happens next.
1: And then we'll get back to them.
0: And we'll get back to you. What was next was a Cody Rhodes match. That's always going to make me happy. I'm a Cody Rhodes fan. So we had Cody Rhodes versus Andrade El Idolo. I love it when you're speaking Spanish. Adelaide, you're doing great. Thanks. Idolo and, and Adelaide sound very similar. (laughs)
1: This <laughs> is not on purpose.
0: I mean, I'm I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking. If you were married to Andrade, you would be Adelaide El Idolo. El-
1: <laughs>
0: that would confuse the crap out of your parents.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, sure.
0: This is a very good match, in my opinion. Andrade wrestles the way that you expect. Oh, I'm sorry, let's let's start it up in the beginning of the match where you get The very overbooked Cody Rhodes intro.
1: Hey, Andrade gave him a good run for his money standing up top, getting undressed. It was a long entrance for him as well.
0: Sure. In comparison to other wrestlers, it was a long entrance. In comparison to Cody Rhodes, he was out there for three seconds and then Cody came out.
1: I... Uh, you know the thing I noticed the most is there might have been some booze, but I didn't notice them as much this time around. Oh, no. I, I, I heard a lot week, more cheers than
0: booze. I believe his promo last week absolutely got him back where he needed to be. Yes. He's gonna get some booze, and that's fine. He embraced that well, you are allowed to boo me.
1: Haters gonna hate.
0: Haters gonna hate, but I'm so magnanimous. I'm gonna let you boo me.
1: Yeah, I think that it turned around. It really did. I didn't and hate. He did a very boots. good
0: job. This match. Cody Rhodes gets all his hits in, right? He's he's a, a big-time athlete, so he's going to get his point. He's going to get his moves in. He's going to get his, I'm on my shoulders, I'm going to hit that uppercut. I'm going to get my bounce off the ropes, trying to hit a cutter, even though that got blocked, which was good. Yeah. He, he did his moves. He got his moves in. Andrade, someone we don't see very often or have not seen very often in AEW, got moves in we had not seen. He was very clever in the ring. He had some really good movement. It's just, it seems faster when he's in the ring. He just seems faster than other people. Am I wrong there? No, or? no.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: I, I like the match. Tell me what you liked about the match.
1: Um, what I liked about the match is I, it kind of goes back to what you just mentioned. Andrade looks like he's playing a chess match. So he's thinking two steps ahead. So he's like countering prior to the move being made.
0: What you're saying is that before he initiates a move, it just seems like he's already got his, if this, then I'm going to do this. Right. So if like, you do this At after one me. point,
1: Cody flips over the ropes because Andre threw him against the, the turnbuckle and then the force of it flipped him over the ropes. So then he was going to come back and do something to get back in the ring. And Andre kind of figured that out. And he went outside onto the apron at the same time as Cody wrote. So it was like, oh, no, no, no. Don't think you're going to be more clever than me.
0: Cody did have him in the beginning of the match before before Andrade sort of set his pace and his motion and uh Cody was sort of countering him more effectively. Yeah. He he you know in that spot that you just spoke of Cody jumps down onto the under the or he gets Um, forearm check to the jaw and he goes down onto the the outside the ring area. Right. Then he grabs Andrade's leg and it looks like he's trying to do a flip where Andrade's going to land on his back and he does it. And then Andrade is resisting. He pulls him the other way and Andrade lands on his chest. It shows that Cody can think in a match and it shows that Andrade is always thinking. Right. So if you're watching the narrative and even if you were to watch it back, I'm not saying we're going to watch it back. But if we were, we could say to ourselves, See, this is the moment where you can see Cody's calculating. Maybe Andrade's a little further ahead in this game and he understands it a little bit better. But, that's all I'm saying, but. Yeah. And I like it very much.
1: Yeah, it was good. There's a lot, there's a couple of things outside. uh, Mostly Andrade was taking care of Cody. Like he undercut him and like hit him at the knees and did a couple of kicks and then they went back into the ring and Andrade did some more kicks And he did some kind of hold, which I don't know what it was called. So sorry.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. You're doing great. You're doing great. You're doing great. I think that we can, I, I think we could probably jump ahead to sort of the last couple beats of the match where Cody is trying to set up the crossroads and Andrade turns it into the three amigos.
1: Oh, that was cool.
0: I personally believe that no one has hit the Three Amigos better than Andrade's hit it since Eddie Guerrero. Yeah. It's it, it's like someone studying Rembrandt and studying him and studying him and studying him so he can redo Rembrandt's stuff. And he does it so quickly and so pretty that someone will be like, oh my God, that's Rembrandt. And you go, no, he's just a good student.
1: Uh, I don't know. I think he, it's like someone, if we're going to do art, right? Yeah, let's do art. Um, Someone watched Monet do Impressionism with the little tiny dots all over the place, and then they thought, I can do that better. And they did.
0: So you're saying that Andrade hits the Three Amigos better than uh, Eddie Guerrero? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. you you're, I think your memory is not that great because Eddie Guerrero was the best to ever do it.
1: I think your memory is clouded in nostalgia.
0: All right. We're going to agree to disagree, but I'm going to make you watch an Eddie Guerrero match.
1: <laughs> I don't want to. Thank you. Anyways. <laughs> um, so it, he didn't get the three. He didn't get the...
0: The third Amigo. No, Cody blocks it, doesn't give it to him, sort of shoves him back into the corner. And then Andrade mm, sort of slips his hips forward into like a snap suplex as opposed to the big vertical suplex that is the three Amigos. And for that third Amigo, he snap suplexes him into the turnbuckle, which is just great. Really spot on. Definitely top tier. Now this ends with Andrade getting thrown out of the ring and then cody doing a bounce off the ropes to go and do a tope suicida through the middle rope and when he goes to do this the referee has been distracted by tully by by juan the assistant Mm -hmm. and ftr is standing outside the ring right when cody jumps out and they smack him in the head with their titles their triple a titles right then uh, Andrade gets him back in the ring. Andrade gets the hammer lock and that DDT that he does, except now he does a full rotation on the DDT. So it's almost like a snap brain buster. It's a really, really interesting way he does it. it I, I'd like to give it a better description, but I need to see it a couple more times to really properly give you a description on it. He does it and then he rolls over. He doesn't even bother hooking the leg. He just gets the three count. It's over. Right. But that's not what this match was about. Oh,
1: well, it's not over either,
0: so. No, not even a little bit. What was it about? Well, you know, FTR come into the ring. FTR uh, pick up Cody. Andrade does a run by boot. And Tully Blanchard's coming into the ring. And Arn Anderson finally gets into the ring.
1: Oh, yeah. And shoves
0: Tully Blanchard. And they're doing a stare off. And Tully Blanchard takes his jacket off. But you see, here's the thing. And I know I'm going to go meta on this. So I'm going to apologize. I'm going to do it quickly. Adelaide, Hmm. who is Andrade engaged to in real life?
1: Uh, he's engaged to Charlotte Flair.
0: That is correct. They are going to be married. Who's Charlotte Flair's dad? Ric Flair. Who was in a faction with Ric Flair?
1: Tully Blanchard.
0: And? Arn Anderson. That is correct.
1: I'm guessing. Just FYI.
0: You did a very good job. They were the four horsemen. (laughs) Yes. Now, are FTR considered some of the most old school tag team wrestlers out there? Yes. Have they been compared to the Brain Busters, which is a tag team that Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson were? Sure. They have, by the way. Okay. And so, oh, I'm sorry. And what move did Andrade do in this match tonight? I have no idea. He did the figure four leg lock. Ah, yes. The hold you said you could not remember.
1: Yes. No, no, no. no. That was a different hold. Oh, was it? Yes, that was a different hold. Which hold was that? He was holding them with the foot back.
0: Oh, oh. Oh, that's just a... a, Okay. Regardless, he did the figure four leg lock in this match. Everyone knows that Andrade wants his entire family at AEW. He wants Charlotte to get out of her contract and come to AEW. Ric Flair has already managed Andrade in Mexico. Yeah. This is a four-horseman setup. It will be Andrade. It will be FTR. It will be Malachi Black. It will be their version of the 4 Horsemen.
1: Oh, I don't agree at all. And they're
0: going to add a fifth member. I'm telling you right now, it's going to be Charlotte. It's going to be ridiculous.
1: I don't agree He's getting his at own all. faction.
0: I'm telling you right now, he's getting his own faction.
1: To be perfectly clear, what I thought was happening was more internal business and not really external storyline. I thought, who better to match with Cody Rhodes than two individuals who are completely over with the audience who they love and adore? But who are they fighting with? They're fighting with FTR. So once FTR got involved with Andrade and Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson, because that's always been the running joke between the two of them as they're opposing uh, each other whenever they're together. Correct. But then who came out to help Cody? The, the Lucha the Brothers. The Lucha Brothers, yeah. Who's more over than the Lucha Brothers?
0: Right now, maybe Malachi Black. And no, definitely no. CM Punk. Nobody, definitely CM, Pu- CM Punk.
1: N- not, I mean, this this rung of individuals. Like, I'm not talking CM Punk or Kenny Omega, or any of those. I'm talking this rung of of in of this storyline
0: or in this in this space. Yes, there is nobody. The, the, the Lucha, Lucha Brothers, Brothers are the largest, are the are the most over part of this. So now
1: thing. the Lucha Brothers came out in essence to fight FTR, but in the interim, in the in the big story, the big picture of it is they helped. Cody Rhodes. Correct. So now Cody Rhodes is now attached to the Lucha Brothers.
0: Are you talking about the fans getting more behind Cody because of the Lucha Brothers?
1: Yes, they're building up this house. They're building the bank. They're making it sturdier. They're building a pretty fence with some roses painted on it. Okay, so I'm
0: going meta and you're going meta. You're just doing it different than I'm doing it. I'm
1: doing real life. You're doing like
0: dreamscape. I'm not doing dreamscape. This is going to happen. You are. It's totally
1: not going to happen.
0: Okay, Arn Anderson is going to be the betrayer.
1: Totally not going to happen.
0: Okay. All right. So uh, then after this, we got uh, a promo. Yes. Which was uh, John Silver. Yes. Of the Dark Order. And with uh, Tony Schiavone. He, with Tony Schiavone in the middle of the ring. Mm-hmm. Tony Schiavone, of course, asks John Silver, You're going to face Adam Cole on Rampage on Friday. Now, John Silver says, Not really. Because his name shouldn't be Adam Cole. It should be Budge. And I don't understand why he he's it, wanting to call him Budge, but that's his thing. And John Silver says, I've tried to give this guy advice since he got here. I try to give him advice about his gear. He should probably change his ring gear, probably get rid of his hair, you know, just shave it off. Now, I've tried to help the guy out, but he hasn't wanted to take my advice.
1: Maybe if he had taken my advice, he wouldn't have got it
0: concerto today. That's right. He wouldn't have gotten that concerto from Christian Cage <laughs> right. if he'd had taken my advice. He says he should have been the Dark Order's manager.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe he could have been the Dark Order's manager. Yeah, that's funny. Now, this is
0: all tongue-in-cheek at WWE and the things that have come out of what Vince McMahon and WWE wanted to offer Adam Cole to stay at WWE. Right. They wanted him to be Keith Lee's manager. They wanted him to shave his head. They wanted him to change his name. It was a lot of really interesting things that they wanted him to do coming out of NXT, which Adam Cole said, nah, that's okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So he's like, so he's not taking my advice and that makes me mad.
0: (laughs) And so on Friday, Adam Cole's going to get the meat man.
1: No, he, no, he didn't. He said on Friday, I'm, he's going to get Johnny Hungy and I'm going to wrestle Budge.
0: Yes, I'm gonna wrestle. No, I'm gonna beat Budge's ass. Yeah,
1: I'm gonna beat Budge's ass.
0: It makes no sense, and I'm gonna be honest with you. The fans are over on this gimmick. They love this gimmick, and in my head, I'm thinking to myself that this was just ten years ago. This gimmick would have gotten buried.
1: I I don't. I love it.
0: I I'm I'm, I'm I love the personality. I love
1: John Silver. I love it.
0: So here we are, and I think it's gonna be an amazing match. Honestly, on Friday. We're going to love talking about it then. For now, we're going to see what's next.
1: No. Wait, no you what forgot I, something. What
0: did, I forget? what did I forget? The bunny. Oh, I'm so sorry. So I apologize. I'll just I'll do
1: this real, real quick. So the bunny says she's going to do whatever it takes to win. Doesn't matter because she's heel. And then they have Red Velvet because they're facing off on Rampage to see who moves forward. And she says, so Red Velvet says, I'm not going to hesitate to beat her ass again uh okay that's all i gotta say about that
0: yeah the promos between these two hopefully the match is better than the promos they are I if you're gonna it. grade them a through f they're getting c minuses on their promos they do not do the and best I promos love the bunny i i do like the bunny she does good crazy she unfortunately is not hitting on the right I didn't Notes. mind
1: hers. I didn't mind hers. It was Red Velvet that I had a Red
0: Velvet with. is is a lesser promo at the moment. I think she could do better. Because when she was doing that angry thing against uh, Brandi Rhodes back in 2020, that was not bad stuff. Just, unfortunately, it hasn't really clicked recently.
1: Maybe it's the name. Maybe she needs to not be a cake.
0: No, I 100% agree with you. She needs to not be Red Velvet. I, there's, there's one that does not require an entire episode. This one is an easy one. Red Velvet is change your name. Don't be a cake. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's okay when you're just going to, and I I say this with so much respect because I don't know any better and I'm not in the business, but when you're going to be the one that's looking up at the lights, your name can be whatever you want it to be. Now that you're a big name and you're becoming a superstar, you got to get a name change. Do whatever you got to do. Get a gimmick. Go away for a little bit. Come back with your real name. Do whatever. Just Red Velvet's a terrible name. You got to rid it. You got to dump it.
1: Now you can try the line.
0: Oh, can I? Yeah, yeah, go. Thank you so much. Thank yeah. you so much. Okay. So we're going to see what's next. Well, we actually already know what's next. It's the main event. And then we're going to be back to you fine folks.
1: Yeah, close enough. Okay. <laughs> the
0: main event. Ooh.
1: With Brian Danielson kind of just watching.
0: He's on commentary, yeah. was he?
1: Was he commentating?
0: I mean, he didn't really say much, actually. Good call. I'm just... No, it's I,
1: fine. I don't have a problem with it. No, 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 no.
0: His voice was fine, when it interjected. It wasn't like he was interrupting too many things. Right. He was fine.
1: Right. So it was Orange Cassidy versus my boy,
0: Miro. Yeah. Now, we're going to go ahead and say where well, we've divided the line on this particular podcast. I was a hundred percent behind orange cassidy and was rooting for him vocally and out loud as much as i could
1: yeah i was rooting for miro
0: yeah we're not friends anymore adelaide
1: i'm sorry to hear that
0: because orange cassidy is the best wrestler in the world ah really I mean, I don't actually think he's the best wrestler in the world, but like, I mean, his gimmick is great. So I'm a big fan of his gimmick and I'm really behind him. I he's like, also a very talented wrestler.
1: I like Orange Cassidy. I really do. But I just like Miro more.
0: I can respect that. In
1: this case.
0: Yeah, I can respect that you like Miro more. I mean, some people think curly fries are better than uh, crinkle fries and they're wrong.
1: All right. Well, then let's just uh get into the match what did what did you like about this match
0: i I like the very beginning of the match when you've got orange cassidy trying to go for his hands in pocket spot and every single time he starts setting up for still wearing sunglasses by the way trying to set up for it miro's just coming at him so he just rolls out of the way like feet moving rather rapidly exactly doing that bit it's very funny it's solid. It gets people into the match. That one guy is very intense, and the other guy is kind of just having fun. Yeah. He finally gets out of the ring because Miro's just not letting him put his hands in his pockets. I don't know what's wrong with Miro. and Maybe he has a problem with pockets. But Orange Cassidy is finally out of the ring, and he puts his hands in his pockets. Then when when Orange Cassidy—I'm uh, when I'm sorry. When Miro's coming out of the ring to come get Orange Cassidy, Orange Cassidy goes back into the ring. He bounces off the ropes— Does a tope suicida, Miro catches him, and belly-to-belly really suplexes him onto the floor. At that moment, I lost a little bit of my hope for Orange (laughs) Cassidy. (laughs) Now, you see, Orange Cassidy did come out with his ribs taped as he had gotten his uh, ribs injured in the ladder match. A very rough situation for him, and uh, he is still very sore. Miro did a very good job of just beating him badly now what annoyed me about this match and i'm going to go ahead and say it i'm going to say it for three seconds and it's once again we got picture in picture in what was probably the best part of the match
1: uh was it i don't know if it was the best part of the match but we definitely missed uh i don't i don't even know how to say it where we got miro on the the ropes looking up at his god and and saying because i read his lips was i'm angry are you here to help me right
0: and this is the but point we didn't I'm, get to see that no or we didn't that. get to see that or hear that and you know what else we also didn't get to see or and or hear what was going on. He had uh, tape from Orange Cassidy's bandages in his hands. And he's putting his hand up and then he's putting it back down. He's putting his hand up and he's putting it back down. He's done this three or four times. I'm thinking the audience and him are having an interaction. Now do I get to hear it? No, of course I don't get to hear it. Why don't I get to hear it? Because we have a picture in picture. I, Yay.
1: I, I don't know what to say.
0: It's very annoying.
1: They're trying to get their bills paid, Javier.
0: I get it. And I I like paying my bills as much as the next guy. But if you're giving me a match, that's going to have crowd interaction. You're going to need to get your pills, your bills paid somewhere else. Mm. It was a good match and it was entertaining. Orange Cassidy got his spots in and a from out of nowhere, beach break on, (laughs) on Miro, which was awesome. Then Miro tackled Orange Cassidy out of his boots. (laughs) Yes. But one of the good spots was that, um, Orange Cassidy uh, has uh, hit Miro, and Miro is now outside of the ring. Mm-hmm. He's just taking a breather. Like, Miro has basically decided, I'm taking a breather. This kid is just coming at me fast, and I don't want to be in the ring with him right now.
1: Well, he did something that hurt his aka and He hit him with a, twi- the,
0: a twisting DDT, yes. which is fine. I get that. But now Orange Cassidy gets up on the top turnbuckle. Miro is over by the timekeeper's table. Orange Cassidy jumps at him dives at him while he's near the timekeeper and just does this sort of twisting elbow. It's not the cleanest looking move, but it looks like a good desperation move, which is what's best. Mm -hmm. They go through that table. Hey, this table broke. I didn't even think about that.
1: Yeah, of course it did. It's Miro. and (laughs) Not two little ladies.
0: I'm just saying. Miro. Yeah, I'm just saying. It weighs
1: as much as those two little ladies. It's
0: 280 pounds. He, he it's it maybe more. More than them. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, yes, they go through the timekeepers table. Yeah. Matt Hardy's in the crowd there, and the commentators don't really feed on that at all. But Matt Hardy's there talking trash to Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy gives him that semi-thumbs up that he does. It was good. Or Orange Cassidy and Miro are back in the ring, and Miro's coming for him. Um... Hits him with the uh, sidekick, which used to be called the Machka kick. I don't know what they call it. They don't call it anything. Just hits him with a Orange Cassidy's down. He boots him in the back. He hits him with the game over. Orange Cassidy taps out almost instantly.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I took most of this description, so I apologize if you wanted something to say about it. Is there <laughs> something you wanted to do? I...
1: Well, so I think, th- again, TK, thank you for listening because Miro is down for the count and the ref is counting loudly and he gets up to nine and Miro doesn't like stumble at eight and get back up and run to the ring he's stumbling to get up at the eight count walks slowly and then walks a bit quicker and throws himself into the ring and then lays there yes thank you
0: it was believable. I Thank did actually you. think that spot I thought that spot was believable too. Yeah. So you're right. I did sound believable to me.
1: Yeah. So that's what did you what like I, about the match? That's what I liked about the match. There that you TK go. listens.
0: You know what? They listen to our show. I know they do.
1: <laughs> I wish. That'd be great.
0: I think it would be. So it's uh podcast at gmail.com. I
1: don't normally do this
0: stuff. So
1: Would you like me to do that again?
0: Yeah, please. <laughs>
1: we'll we'll do that later.
0: All right. Fair enough. TK, we'll give you the information in the next segment.
1: I mean, (laughs) he's got my digits.
0: Oh, that's right. You guys are besties. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, then we're not going to see anything and we're not going to check anything out. We're just going to do the outro after Yeah,
1: you're going to have to figure out another little phrase for this one.
0: We'll be right back. There you go. We'll be right back. Not in picture in picture. Oh lord well adelaide another episode of dynamite in the books yeah give me what you liked about the whole show tell me what you thought
1: oh gosh uh always my favorite is the mural promos always 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 um but i liked the whole episode front to back great nothing seemed to miss nothing seemed out of place real life real being real i thoroughly thoroughly appreciated what cm punk had to say about john moxley it's very important to me um i I have a degree in psychology it's something that needs to be said and i i greatly greatly appreciated how they handled this
0: see i didn't want to put you over too much i already put over the the fact that you're a writer and i really respect that (laughs) i didn't want to be like oh yeah and she's brilliant Uh, but obviously that happens to be true Now, since psychology is your forte and, or, I'm sorry, it's something you've studied. Yes. I'm not going to put you up there with the youngs of the world or anything like that. No, uh, please don't. But you definitely studied it. Yes. Do you feel that in a sports-based environment like AEW, it is, or just wrestling or anything where you're constantly performing and you're constantly having to be there for, for the fans and for other things like that, do you think it is something that, Can get a regular sort of non stigmatized press about it where these people can speak about it because you know, basketball players and football players are more capable of talking about it lately. You never hear about it with wrestlers ever.
1: Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a slow crawl. I think it's going to be, um, it's not going to be something that's accepted overnight, but you're right. Uh, NFL has um, their destigmatized mental health issues campaign going on right now. And that all started, um, I wish I could remember that kid's name, but he had problems. He was at the Denver Broncos. Brandon something, Brandon. Anyways, he came out and said, you know, I have mental health issues. And he was probably one of the first and has paved the way. And that was probably about 15 years ago. So Oof. it's a slow...
0: Yeah. Process. Yeah, I think I get what you're saying. And man.
1: it's going to be even more so because wrestling is so ingrained—not in ingrained, but wrestling is is real life and fake, so it's hard to mesh the two. With something so serious, which is why I appreciate how they handled this.
0: Yeah, they did handle it well. I see what you're saying now. I understand. I think I'm getting more understanding about why you feel so strongly about how they handled it so well. I think I'm starting to understand how that works. We can speak more about it on some other time. But right now, just that was a good point to make. I'm going to say that what I liked most about the show, I felt narratively almost all of it worked. I, I felt that, you know... They're giving the fans all of these different layers. I know we're going to get a new Four Horsemen or something similar. They know, Andrade's going to get his faction. He's going to get his family faction. It's going to be great. And I've never thought Los Ingobernables made more sense than they do right now in 2021 going into 2022. I honestly think that's going to be a really fun faction to have go on there. Thought the whole show narratively, almost all of it worked. I really did like it. CM Punk, yeah, good job. You got your promo on Eddie Kingston in, and, and you still put over something that was very important. And from what Adelaide says and how she describes it to me is incredibly important. Mm-hmm. I've always seen myself as fairly stable, but I'm going to say that I can understand how important it is for people to speak to people. And I, and I really wish anybody listening to this and I, I know we're very tiny. We're a very small platform. <laughs> we're, 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 we're It's infinite, an understatement. We're an infinitesimal platform. But we don't feel bad about how small we are. And if you're feeling, God, I don't want to make a joke, but if you're feeling small or if you're feeling ignored or you're feeling like maybe you don't belong or something's wrong, please ask for help. Talk to someone. Mm -hmm. It matters. It's
1: very important.
0: It matters because you're the one that's going through it and you're the one who needs help. It isn't about anybody else. Please get help for yourself. That's all I had to say about that. I didn't want to be a downer, but it's true. That has to be said.
1: Okay. Well, I want to finish off um, with two more things. Go for it. Hashtag freewardlow.
0: <laughs> From that mob of Darby fa- uh, uh warriors.
1: Yeah. Yeah, sure. And then um, Wyndham Redunda, I'm ready. Okay. We're, We're ready.
0: Those we are. And you know what? Those are two very good points to make. I agree with you on those two okay. points.
1: I always, I always say them and I didn't this time. So I had to get Except them Except for in. the
0: Wardlow thing. I think he's great with MJF. Not until next year. Hashtag free Wardlow. Not until next year. Anyway. Thank free you. Wardlow free Wardlow 2022. Hashtag <laughs> 2022.
1: No. Thank you so much for listening. We thank really, you. really appreciate it. Um, feel free to send us an email. Let us know what you're thinking. Set ha- Any questions. Tell us we suck. Tell us we're amazing. Tell us to shut up. Whatever. It's a WLWWL podcast at gmail.com. And then, you know, if you're bored and want to read a a little mystery, feel free to visit my website at www.adelaidelaurie.com.
0: Thank you, everybody. We'll see you next time. On behalf of Adelaide Laurie, I'm Javier Augusto. This has been We Like What We Like.
1: Yay!